Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. We are back at it again. It is season three and episode three of the Final Four podcast. Hence, the three of us here. Everything seems to be aligned and hopefully it is a manifestation of a great show of us unpacking your sports entertainment, sports insights and sports commentary. I'm your host, Mpendo Lomakobane. Welcome to the Final Four. And of course, I am never alone when we come to these things. Unlike last week, we're missing a member. But for the members who are here, we have Mr. Msweli as usual and Mr. Mbui. Gentlemen, how are we doing? I'm really good, man. Um, it's been a great week. <laughs> I'm feeling good and, you know, just can't wait to unpack some great sports issues. Let's go. I'm good. Hi, guys. Welcome, welcome. And yeah, same on this side. No complaints. It's, it's the same as usual, but we need to know where you are. Maybe you're feeling better today. Maybe you're feeling just a little bit sluggish, but it does not matter because the sports will get us going. So... What we have on the menu for you today, ladies and gentlemen, as usual, we will start with the Formula One because why it first? It's Formula One. Uh, I think it makes some sort of sense, I hope. <laughs> no, it misses. It's all good, gentlemen. Next thing, we go to the rugby. We'll be speaking about the rugby and South Africa's performance against Scotland. Then we're going to be jumping to the football because... If you do not know, it is the final match of the group stages. It is so important for South Africa to make their mark against Ghana. We'll just break that down a little bit further. We'll touch a little bit on some cricket because it is the final of the ICC 2020 World Cup. And you don't want to miss the social issue that we'll be discussing today. Because in as much as we're always talking about Kyalami coming to and hosting Formula One, we'll be really breaking that down in terms of the challenges that South Africa might face in hosting such an event. So, gentlemen, are we ready? Are we steady? Are we ready to go let's with the go. Formula let's One? Let's go, let's go, let's go. Fantastic. But first, it's the Brazilian Grand Prix. Um, it is a slightly different weekend like we normally do have. For this season only, they're trying out this concept of sprint races just to make something a little bit more exciting. Um, you gentlemen follow Formula One regularly. A lot of you guys follow Formula One as well. Um, so I just want to get your perspective as Formula One fans. Uguti, this sprint race that you watch, what does it actually bring to the weekend before we like break down what it is? like? You, people are opening their screens and they see another race on the Saturday. What do you believe brings it to the weekend? Um, I personally believe that it, it brings a bit more entertainment factor into the weekend. Because mm. um, obviously the entertainment besides in the quarter, uh, qualifiers, sorry, mm. um, the entertainment is really from main race. Mm. So with having now your sprint race on a Saturday, it brings in a more competitive side to it. Mm. Um, there's more points on the line as well with the sprint race. Mm. So it's, it's even we saw yesterday the entertainment factor um, from Lewis going 20th to, to 5th. Um, that's just entertainment that you wouldn't have uh, gotten if it was just Q1, Q2, Q3. Q3. So I really, I really think it's a great idea. It's a great um, thing that they implemented. And hopefully we see more of them in the future. Mm. Yeah, from my side, more of the same. I mean, the sprint, I mean, if we can just break it down. So normally how it works is on a normal race weekend, you're fr it's, we've mentioned before, it's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm. So generally your Friday, you've got two free practice sessions at an hour, the teams, you know, You've got free rain on the track, you do your data analysis, mm. you know, the drivers, it's, it's a warm-up and it goes to commerce. And you're also working to see the race pace. Exactly. Like how, how can I run exactly. the car? Yeah. On the Saturday, there's one more practice session and then it's the qualifying in the afternoon or evening or whatever. Mm. And then the Q1, Q2, Q3 determines the, the starting grid for Sunday and yep. then Sunday's obviously the race. With the sprint qualifying, it changes. So Friday, you've got one practice session and then you have a qualifying on that Friday. Mm. But now this Friday qualifying is not for the main race. Yeah. It's for the starting grid of the sprint race. Mm. And then, cool, so that's your qualifying same Q1, Q2, Q3. And then Saturday's practice and then the sprint race, uh, like Fanella mentioned, extra points. But only the top three drivers get points. So if you finish first, three points, second, two points, mm. third, one point. Mm. Which in this year's race is, is a lot because the margins are down. I think yesterday Mercedes picked up three, Red Bull picked up two. Yeah. So again, constructors, they're neck and neck, even mm. though Hamilton wasn't in it, but Bottas managed to, to win the sprint qualifying, yep. which, which was quite nice to see. Um, Carlos Sainz drove quite well. 
also a surprise, you know, coming Super third. Superstar coming out third, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So definitely entertainment value was, was mm. definitely up there. But now, um, thank you for that explanation, my dog. So, 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 so now when we start and we are discussing how it affects the permutations of the weekend, because let's take, for instance, the Lewis Hamilton situation. Lewis Hamilton comes through during qualifications. He had a situation where there was a problem with his rear wing. Yeah. It was apparently just slightly too open. Yeah. It's margins <laughs> with Formula One, which deemed it illegal. And all of a sudden, he was disqualified from his qualifications and he had to start from the back of the grid. So, with this situation, on a normal weekend, it is huge advantage for Red Bull there because you have a situation where the two Red Bull cars are in the top four and then you have the main guy, Lewis Hamilton, being right back at the back due to the little faults or technicalities yeah. in above to the change in his engine. Yes. Right. So, huge advantage for Red Bull. But all of a sudden, there's this sprint race in between, which now sets and elevates Lewis Hamilton from the back of the grid to whatever position is stuck to, which was mm. P5. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, the dynamics change now. Yeah. Wouldn't you say that it, 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 it's, there's, there's something that's just a little bit off there? Not really. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say there's anything off about it because with the changes that they made, they, had, they were already going to take five grid penalties, right? Mm. So regardless of where he finished, there was still going to be those five grid penalties taken away. Um, and then here comes now the sprint where he went from 20th mm. all the way to 5th. He's mm. going to start 10th on the grid because yeah. he finished 5th. Um, but he still works for it. I think uh, Red Bull still has that advantage, mm. um, knowing that they are in the top four. The both their cars are in the top four. Mm. They still have that advantage. Um, but from what Lewis did yesterday in 24 laps to go from 20th to 5th. To, to 5th in 24 um, laps. Apparently, it was uh, the best drive if you're like, looking at laps to kilometers, right? Mm -hmm. Best drive um, in, Ever. in F1 history. <laughs> Um, so hopefully, man, man look, <laughs> hopefully he, he can do a bit of the same today mm. um, in the main race. But obviously, main race is always different to sprints. You know? mm. There's just something about main race where whatever you do in qualifiers or practice doesn't really matter. We saw last week, actually, mm, with, um, with, the, with the Grand Prix. But I really believe that Lewis can get onto the podium from 10th today. From, from 10th, okay. Yeah, look, from our side, it definitely is going to be interesting. We've seen before Lewis has started a bit further down but it's always caught up so um i definitely do think that we're in for an interesting race for an interesting yeah, I, race. I see him finishing the top five i don't know about podium but mm. i definitely do see him finishing the top five and it'd be interesting to see what actually more mercedes strategy is not mm. red bull i think we kind of predict what their strategy will be but yeah. for mercedes what, what they're gonna do Bottas on paul hamilton on 10th how they play the race, I think for me that'll be that's and, what I'm looking forward to. And the thing is, Bottas yesterday was able to keep himself ahead of Verstappen for all the 24 laps, and Hamilton was able to plow through the entire field for 15 of those. There's a all there's all of a sudden this change in these past two races where <laughs> well, Bottas is coming right. We, we, we did mention it. Did you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's doing it again, so it's going to be very nice to see. But now I have to ask. If you were Max Verstappen now, because now you have 70 laps to do it, you have 70 odd laps to do it. Yeah. What would you do differently now to surpass Valtteri Bottas? Because it's going to be a nag again, being in front of, of Verstappen. Nothing. Um, I honestly, if I'm Max, I just drive the same way I drive every weekend. I wouldn't change anything. Mm. Um, he was able to pass last week. Mm. Um, so I really believe that Max can, look, he doesn't need to change his strategy uh, it's not like Bottas is the best driver in the world. He's a very good driver, but mm. he's not a Lewis Hamilton type of driver who will defend him for those 70 laps. Yeah. You know? um, and also strategy just comes into play. Red Bull, we know they always have great strategies. Yep. So I don't think Max needs to change anything for him to win this Grand Prix. Yeah. So it's going to be very interesting because what I personally foresee at some point in time is Lewis Hamilton being able to plow through the field and somehow yep. working hand in hand with Mercedes, with, with Bottas at the front. But 
that's all for us to see in the race that's coming through. Um, we've shared our thoughts regarding the sprint race. Um, there is always some sort of controversy back and forth. Some see light, some see darkness. Our two mates here, they see the light. Red Bull probably doesn't because they believe that they would have been much further ahead if there was no sprint race, but it does bring that entertainment value. We want to hear what your thoughts are regarding this. Uh, is it really that entertaining? Or is it setting the path of what you're going to see on, on the Sunday? Is it just a continuation of Sunday? What does the sprint race do for you as a Formula 1 fan? We'll like to hear your thoughts. Anyway, that no, is... No predictions for tonight. Want to make <laughs> predictions for tonight? Thank you so much for that reminder, my dog. Let's see with the predictions. By the way, a fun fact is that whenever there's a sprint race, one in, in Silverstone, one in it's Italy, now here, there has always been some sort of clash between Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen. Either one gets a penalty or one is, or both of them are out of mm. the race. So, what are you guys thinking about that? For me, my, uh, tonight, I'm just looking, I think Perez is the driver to watch. Checo. I think, yes, because I think we can all agree, Hamilton will come up the field. Mm. So, when he, when he meets Perez, for me, that's what I want to see, how, how Perez plays that. I think that'll be the crucial, the crucial part in tonight's race. Okay. For okay. both teams. Are you still saying Hamilton? <laughs> <laughs> That's why you asked. You're like, knew, no, 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 no. I know what I was saying. Um, but uh, a, a bit with Mbui, I think um, even Checo played, uh, he, he raced really well last week mm. um, in his home Grand Prix. You know, first Mexican to get on pole, um, get on the podium in Mexico. Mm. Um, so I really think he's going to have a big factor to play today. Mm. Um, but like I said, man, I, th I don't think Max needs to change anything to win Just this needs Grand to do Prix. What he needs to do. Um, I'm not a fan of the boy, but I really think today's one is his, eh? The strategy, Red Bull will play the strategy yeah. correctly. I personally think that Bottas might keep it. I normally, <laughs> am not, I, I normally never vouch for Bottas, but I genuinely think that with the change in his contracts and him knowing that, you know, I'm free mm -hmm. now. He, he can he can do the things. Oh, he's showing it so far. So. You, you know, and there was this back, back in the day, I don't know which race, I think it was 2017, where he couldn't overtake Vettel whilst he was in a Ferrari. The whole race, mm. the entire race. So maybe he's going to find some redemption. I hope he does. That's I hope bold. he ends with a bang. That's bold. That's it's bo bold. It's bold. I'll stick. I'll stick with it. If you don't know, just go research the F1 his F1 2018 uh, radio voice in yeah. Australia. Yeah. That will give you an idea of what he, of what I'm thinking his mindset is at right now. But that's Formula One, gentlemen. It's great stuff. Um, and now, again, we're going to move on to the rugby because now we know that Amapobobobo, they are up in the Northern Hemisphere. They are fighting for our pride as a country against these European giants. Last week, they played, um, they played Wales, the Six Nations champions, and they were victors there by 23 points to 18. This week, they versus Scotland in Murrayfield, Scotland's home ground. Mm -hmm. And they were victors by 15 points to 30. Gentlemen, mm. we were speaking about this. We predicted that the boys are going to win. But then what, what makes this victory different in contrast to what we saw when they were playing against Wales? Um, I think from my side and starting off, yes, it was, I mean, always good to get the dub. Mm. And like MK said, we have the we have the best forwards in the world. Best. And I think that that came to light yesterday. Mm. Um, watching the game, and, and I, I remember mentioning that the first half was scrappy, you know. Mm. It was a tight first half, a tight affair, but in the second half, thing, yeah, things changed and opened mm. up a bit. And firstly, credit to Scotland. Um, I remember making a comment. We were attacking with the first 15, 16 minutes of the game. Mm. In their 22, in their half. <clears throat> And we got nothing. Scotland go down, get a penalty, they're 3-0 up. Mm. So they, they showed great defense, but we were just able to grind them out, wear them down, wear it out. And like I mentioned, it is good to see that we actually sent the ball wide more mm. often, you know. We tried to run it a bit, so it was good. We saw Mapimpi eventually get the try in there. So yeah, for me, I was, I was glad with the result. And also shout out to Alton. He's kicking us on point. Alton <laughs> came in and played well. Uh. Um, Scotland, Finn Russell missed about eight points. So there were a lot, a lot of little factors in it, but mm. overall, I think we, we were just a better team on the day. We're just a better team. Mm -hmm. um, look, I think last week, 
uh, MK was commenting on how under Rossi, Mapimpe was getting a tr- like a try per game, and now he hasn't. He's, he's struggling. He's, he's struggling, and mm. you know, it uh, didn't look like it yesterday, man. That man dusted off his boots. He got <laughs> he got he got over the line, mm. which is good. Um, I think the change between Alton and Andre Pollard at ten. Um, it's rotation, yeah. yeah. Obviously, you know you need to give your players a chance to play, mm. um, and Pollard can't play every single game. At mm. the end of the day, um, I heard some people say that the, the partnership between uh, nine and ten it wasn't that great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, we spoke about it a little bit yeah, in the group yeah, as well. Like, yeah. hey, man, that the, the partnership wasn't that great. Mm. But also, at the end of the day, we need to realize that these people, these guys, don't play with each other every single game. Mm. So there will be those little things, but at the end of the day, what matters is the result. Mm. And we got a win in Scotland, and now we need to go get a win against England. But 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 how good was that chemistry between uh, De Alendi and Mampimpi there down the wing, boy? But now you see, those are just <laughs> things where you look at it and you're just like, these guys have been playing together every single Test match yeah. for the past what two years since well even when Rossi was still around. Mm. So those things, those are things that you do build as time goes on, mm. and it just went to show that you know. They've been playing together. They are top quality players. Mm. And Dialindi had uh, a good game. Um, we saw his worth. Now, I think people on Twitter always debate about Dialindi. And, 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 and I don't understand <laughs> yeah. that because there's, there's always, as a 12, I think he's awesome, bro. He just crashes and... Look, for those who play FIFA, we say he's got no X button. The man doesn't, <laughs> pa- the, the man doesn't pass, right? So that's the one thing. Uh. <laughs> Look, uh, some, yeah, sometimes you don't see his worth, but uh, like other games, man, you just see that he is... He is a world-class player, a mm. world-class 12, one of the best in the world. Um, yeah, passing or not, look, Marnonu used to crash the ball 90% of the game mm. anyway. So I think as a 12, you know, he, he, he played really well. He played really well. And I must just add additionally, because I'm slowly learning about rugby. And, I, and if you go and you watch the, the first try, last week MK was talking about the idea of clean balls from, mm. from the rugs. If you see the first try when when LaRue had the ball, he had ample space and ample time to make a decision on what to do, which just justifies how well South Africa's forward pack are and how the synergies are starting to align um, moving forward. Do we believe then that we can carry this thing on to England next week? Uh, Definitely. Um, I think we can. Um, I believe that we can. Another thing that I wanted to touch on that we do well and better than most teams is Mm our replacements and the squad depth and strength mm. of the bench. Um, it, it's common to see these days that when you, you change your front row, you make all the changes at once, as opposed yeah. to maybe changing a tight head, a lucid or a hooker, mm-hmm. make all three changes. And literally the intensity is just the same, if not more. Yeah. Mm. Marks, Kitov, Koch came in and it's just, I mean, breakdowns we got. So Those turnovers. Exactly, turnovers, <laughs> yeah. scrum dominance. So I think our squad depth and Bomber squad, you know, from mm. the World Cup is is incredible. So I watched a bit of England's game and I think, yeah, they played well, but I, I do think we can take you them You think again. we're going to yeah. take them on. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the rugby. Are the boys of Amapogopo going to spring their way up to the top of that Northern Hemisphere battle that we are having? It's all for us to see and it's all for us to discuss as we hear your thoughts and as we come together as a country once more to uh, congratulate our big boys when they come home with that victory against England. We are manifesting this thing. Let's make it happen. Also, special mention to Ireland for beating New Zealand. Yes, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you watch the game? I, I saw I saw most of the second half. Mm. Happiness stuff. Oh, I'm very happy. I'm glad. It's not the first time, you know. Yeah. When you remember when New Zealand was going on that run, that unbeaten run, yep, and uh, Ireland was the team who stopped that run. So I think uh, you, I'm not going to say that it's their bogey team, but Ireland knows how to get over the line against New Zealand. Well, but they're not number one at the time. Yeah. Ireland. Ireland were number yeah. one at the time. Strong favorites for the World Cup at the time. So maybe, maybe it's going to carry on and, you know. Someone got revenge for us for all blacks beating us all this time in the championship. But now, speaking about championships, um, South Africa are in the process. Now moving to football, they are in the process of qualifying for the World Championships. Oh no. World Cup. Oh no. Oh no. No, 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 no. Can we trust the boys, please? Where is the love? 
because they are so close to making it. They are so close to making it. On Thursday, they were 1-0 victors against Zimbabwe. Halala for that, making their job just this much easier to making it forward. But now, we're discussing these permutations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, They are very tricky. So, we are level... Where do we start breaking this down so it makes yeah, sense to all of you? And, oh. So, how it stands is that South Africa must win or they must draw. They cannot lose. Because how it's standing right now is that we have 13 points, Ghana has 10. So if Ghana wins, we're level on points. That's awesome stuff. But then we go to the goal differences. If you look at the table as it stands five games from now, or five games gone in the table, you'll see that South Africa have a plus five goal goal advantage and Ghana has three. So this means that if we were to lose, God forbid, by 1-0, we are in the gutter because now it means that the goal differences will be plus four and plus four. So the rule says you move to the next thing because football is a game of where the guy who scores the most goals wins. Then you go, bah. (laughs) So... If South Ghana scores, it means now they have seven goals and South Africa has six. Yeah. So if any win comes, Ghana will always have one goal more than us. Meaning that by virtue of that, we will be out just like our boys in the Cricket World Cup were out just. just. So gentlemen, it's make or break. We are playing against Ghana in Ghana. Um, let us hear what you guys have to say, given our progress so far and Qatar being almost around the corner. Look, um, one thing I'll say is that there has been progress. Mm. Um, at least now we're not hoping for another team to lose, for us to win, you know. Yep. It's in our hands. You know, mm. you know with Bafana Bafana, it's always been, you have to hope this team loses yeah. and we, you know. Um, but today it's in our hands. We're playing against Ghana in Ghana. Um, and it's the last game. Mm. Like you said, we need a draw to go through. Mm. Uh, if we lose, it's, it's, it's done. You know? Sayonara. Um, and everything just goes to shits. If, yeah. <laughs> 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 um, with, as people don't know, so with AFCON, there's, there's, there's three qualifying rounds um, to make it to the World Cup. Um, so they split the teams and it's 1 to 26. 1 to 26. That is straight into the second round. But now teams that are 27 till 54, because it's mm-hmm. 54 countries, those guys play each other. Then the 20, those 28 teams, um, 14 teams go into yep. the, the group stage. We're in the group stage now. It's you, it's 10 groups of four, um, and then you play each other twice, home and away. And then the winners of those groups are the ones who go into the third round. And now <laughs> they have to play each other. Oh, so it's it's, it's it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Then they have to play each other, and only five teams go to the World Cup from mm. Africa, right? So even if if Springboks, even if Bafana Bafana wins today, um, we still have to go and play the third round before we can make it to Qatar. Um, but yeah, look, uh, the fact that we won our game against them, mm. and now it's the last game, and it's in our hands to win and make it to the third round. It's very, it's progress. Um, Hugo Bruce has been doing some good things with the squad, mm. uh, and Keegan Dolly, who I criticized last week for being well, all of a sudden him. i criticized his, his, <laughs> his selection, selection not him he was very um, instrumental and he was instrumental you mm-hmm. know he got the assist for the goal against zim so mm-hmm. big ups to the boys and hopefully they can get over the line again today well on sunday which yeah we're recording on sunday yep yeah, <laughs> yeah. hopefully they can get over the line and win against ghana so now a, a, another tricky thing here is that we were never expected to make it to the world cup actually given all the the problems that Safa were facing and all of a sudden now there is a switch that just happened from out of nowhere now we are singing qatar i'm selling my mother's house because i'm going to qatar as Nkuli nods in agreement because he knows so and i have to find a new recording <laughs> so so now what will be the feeling around the camp should god forbid ghana take the victory I think before I answer that I hope first it's an interesting game because people are World Cups Bafana Ghana I mean back in 2010 we were calling them Bagana Bagana you know we, we were there <laughs> yeah. we were all as one you know Kumbaya happy vibes one per- mm-hmm. all of a sudden you know we, we don't see eye to eye so it's, it's a funny it's a funny world the sport mm-hmm. thing Sana? but for today I know 
this is what I don't like about Bafana and just once you start talking, we only need a draw yeah. or we only need less than. <laughs> it's, that, it's, that's when the proverbial French hits the fan because mm. your mindset changes. I don't say you're more relaxed, but you almost have a safety net. Mm. You're like, yeah, someone else is going to yeah, do it. You know, you have so a me, I can like, just do the bare minimum. You know? mm. Or you take a 1-0 one no goal, 1-0 no lead and oh, okay, you're comfortable. Even if they score, yeah. You, know, you so save. Mm. For me, I just hope they... It's positive from the beginning. Yes, a draw is fine, but don't play for a draw. Because playing for a draw, Ghana's going guns blazing because yeah. they know they must win. Mm-hmm. So you know you're gonna it's gonna be intense from their side. So if you sit back and become almost ultra defensive, mm. you're opening up yourself up, I think. So I hope Hugo Bruce and the mindset in the camp is play for the win, play positive, but keep it tight. Mm. So in playing positive, I'm not saying go and look for a five-no ramping, but yeah. Because no, if you attack and you can hit, you, on, get on the counter, you know. Mm, you so, for me, I think today's about mindset. It's how they approach the game. Yeah, skill obviously, but I think it's it's going to be one in the mind today, and what what the the mentality and the feeling is. Mm. And and now speaking as a football fan and as a South African in general, we lose. How do you guys feel now? Um, for me, nothing changes. Okay. Um, I, I tweeted earlier that we're not gonna, not earlier, earlier in the week, mm. not earlier today, that we're not gonna make it out the groups. Um, Bold. Simply because it's <laughs> we, we've seen it all before. Yeah. You know, um, cometh the hour, Bafana, Bafana doesn't come to the party. Mm. Um, so look, uh, there's progress. So I'll be happy for the progress that um, that was there. You know, we're seeing a, a changed style of play. Mm. We're seeing a coach who's now. Picking te- picking players not based on you play for one of the popularity. Teams. Yes, exactly. we love you. Mm. Yeah, so he's picking players who are playing really well in the PSL, mm. um, and he's picking obviously even those players playing abroad who are playing really well. Mm. Um, so there's progress in that department. But if we don't make it to the World Cup because of tonight's game, then it's what it is. It is what it is for yeah. me. Nothing really changes. Mm. It will be disappointing, but it's something I'm used to with um, our national team. Mm. I, I, I feel like we're building up expect when you go into social media, we are building up this expectation that mm. hey, South Africa and Qatar are going to be one. Yeah. There, 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 there seems to be a unison in, in mood between everyone who's in that sphere saying mm. that no man, Bafana Bafana, we can do this. We mm. can absolutely do this. And I'm not going to lie, as, of, as just a South African, I might feel a little bit bummed because hey man we love to see progress and especially yeah. if it's just baited on you mm. but i feel you mr msweli saying that no man we've we've played the story so many times before uh, we've become desensitized to it so you as a south african fan we hope that you are there. Nguli wants to jump in. Nguli, yes. Nguli, we always love it when Guli comes through. We're going to Qatar, baby. We love it. <laughs> We're going to Let's Qatar. go. Um 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 look um I know it's very difficult and I know um, I think I'm, I'm obviously most worried about um, the next round mm-hmm. um, because um, firepower the teams the teams the teams that are, that are on top through. of all the so, so 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 like you explained it's that there's 10 groups and then the winners of all those 10 groups play each other so there's other. five left mm-hmm. left right the winners of those other groups are looking pretty good Nigeria <laughs> <laughs> Ivory Coast Mali Egypt Senegal, Morocco, Benin, yeah. That's my thing, dog. Um, just quickly, quickly, yeah, yeah, yeah just uh, my, 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 my little shot yeah. and, and, and contribution. It's all good. Is that I think we haven't had anything to celebrate as uh, football fans and as yep. uh, South Africans, right? Mm-hmm. So I think me, I've been saying going to Qatar since game week three. At least, right? Yep. <laughs> the win against Ethiopia, you are like, we are there. We're going to, we're, 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 we're going to mm. Qatar. Because my thing is, this, we don't have much to celebrate. And yeah. like 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 Fanele pointed out, mm. even if we don't qualify, it's what we're used to. You know, it's the it's the way, it's just, mm. the way Bafana treats us, right? But <laughs> but my point is, my point is, let's enjoy. Dog. Let's have fun. I think football, I think football, I mean, and, and, and you, you'll, you'll, you might touch on it later. Even Arsenal, dog, my team, dog, <laughs> right? I'm enjoying the journey, dog. We're fifth. It's fun. It's fun. Game week eleven. Who cares, dog? So I think with Bafana, Bafana, we enjoy the journey. I've, I've, I've enjoyed being able to say we're going to Qatar over the past mm. um, couple of months, mm. probably two months, three months. 
Um, and I think I think we, 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 we sometimes need to not have such a pragmatic approach to these things. Mm. Let's and just have, just have fun. Just have fun. For a change. For a change. For a change. Because you don't know what's going to happen in the because next Because I think week. back in 96, when we actually won the thing, everyone was happy about we are a free country. We just won no, the World Cup the year old. before. I don't know what happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the mood. Speaking to watching interviews. Uh, going to archives, archives I'm just you know what I, I mean. I, I don't know the I don't know the mood on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> so so the house is already on property twenty four. Um, look for my mom's house and my dad's house. I'm selling them. <laughs> uh, I'm going to Qatar next year, baby. <laughs> Let's go, South Africa for Qatar. That is what is going to happen. And from Qatar, we speak to Basar because now we know that in European football, there's been so many changes in terms of managerial stances. We so hard on our South African team saying that, hey man, we don't give coaches a try. And all of a sudden there's been such a huge reshuffle in the European sphere, especially in the English game. So just some notable changes. Steven Gerrard, the most recent one, he's been appointed as Aston Villa coach mm -hmm. after Dean Smith was let go after a horrendous run with Aston Villa. And all of a sudden, when Dean Smith was let go here, he was found in Norwich. Norwich has brought him in because they let go of their manager, Daniel Farker. <laughs> yeah. And then you move Newcastle, who are busy starting a new project with their billions on billions. They have hired former Bournemouth's Eddie Howe. Um, very interesting after failing to get Unai Emery. And one of the biggest talking points many weeks ago was Conte making his way to Spurs because there's simply no traction and movement within the talks of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. So that will leave that in the past. <laughs> Speaking about what is happening here now, gentlemen, and these managerial changes, and I did say Bakar because Xavi has also been appointed as Barcelona um, manager. Gentlemen, I want us to keep this to what we believe is best for which team and for which coach. I want you guys to let me know which one, which one of these pairings works best for which team mm -hmm. and, 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 and what makes it so? Um, Just one. Okay. Xavi uh, to Barca. Um, mm. it's, it's been on the cards for a while now. Mm. Um, it's something that they have been talking about um, since I think he won the, his first league with Al Saad. Mm. Um, you know, he is a he is a Catalonian. He's a Barca guy. Mm. He was at La Masia. His whole career played for Barca. Um, and he knows Barca through and through. So I think True. that appointment... Um, now, the problem is that this thing of legends going to be coaches at their team, it's worked <laughs> for some. It hasn't worked for others. Mm -hmm. It's not currently not working for others as well. Mm -hmm. um, but I really do believe that with Barca has the talent mm. but there's just more things going on outside of the club obviously if you know the financials and okay. all those things that are going on so all of those things are affecting the way that they are currently playing um, so I think with Xavi coming in I think there's, there can be a mindset shift he's already come in he had what those 10 commandments that he did yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so he came in he had 10 commandments <laughs> for the players um, players have to come to practice what 90 minutes before, early, the, before the session training. and staff has to get there two hours before the session so it's, it's, he's, he's really coming in guns blazing mm. he's getting um every like the discipline side of it he's you know so hopefully i'm not gonna say he must um replicate what he did when he was a player yeah at Barca, because look if he were to if he were able to do that as a manager then it would be amazing but obviously that can't happen um but if he can do half like mm. bring back half of the glory that he had when he was a player that would be uh Fantastic. Speaking, speaking of that particular thing and Chavi's one, just want to substantiate. Please remind me, I forgot his name. One of the greatest managers of all time, the one who invented total football with Ajax. With Ajax with Johan Cruyff. No, the one who taught Johan Cruyff total football. Ruben, you'll remind us. The name has just slipped my mind. So, there was this coach who's who, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is the greatest. Because, because, yes, yes, yes. And I can't remember it now, but because Johan Cruyff, in the, um, when he was playing, they were also playing a very high person game. Yes. I can't remember the coach, yes. Mm -hmm. I know what you're talking about. I am so sorry I that I have forgot yeah. his but name. What, 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 but he taught Johan Cruyff to, the, and, his, and his Amsterdam team the idea of total football. He mastered the arts, he won three Ballon d'Ors, won so many championships, and he then became a manager himself. 
coaching Ajax Amsterdam and going to Barcelona again to teach the concepts of social football in his perspective. In that team, the heart of that team was a man, young man who captained it named Pep Guardiola. Pep Guardiola was a linchpin in that team and they had so much success within the early 90s and mid 90s as well. And then, not too long ago, Pep Guardiola, the cycle has continued. He has trained Xavi, they actually played together and he mastered it in his own way. Would you not say that Xavi, as also a narrowly Ballon d'Or winner, as a child of Barcelona, can continue the legacy? Yo, I mean, yeah, in, in theory, you, in theory, you could say that, um, I mean, yeah, the signs in history, but we'd have to see Barca, the way they are in at the moment, it's, mm. it's, I think it's more than just what Xavi can bring on the field. Mm. Like we mentioned, there's a lot of um, boardroom politics, a lot, a lot happening around there. But again, why not? Um, he's got all the tools to do it. Um, doesn't have Messi, <laughs> which is good. Exactly. Which is good that he doesn't have Messi. So, 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 um, so, what people often forget, right, is that um, when Barcelona, so, so, Xavi is entering Barcelona at probably the best possible time. Yeah. And that La Liga as a league in general is, I, I would yeah. say, it, it, it's at its weakest that yep. it's been in a in a very, very, very long time. Probably mm-hmm. like almost two decades is the weakest it's been at. Um, also, when um, Pep took over at Barca, he had less experience. So there's so, so there's a really great book written by Graham Hunter called um, "Making the Greatest Team in the World," and he 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 followed Barcelona, and it was more so when they won six trophies in one season. Yep. Yeah. Uh, in one year, sorry, it wasn't one yeah. season, one year. Um, and then, yeah. So what, what you what you realize is that when Pep came in, there was there were big personalities of Ronaldinho's, the Deco. I think Eto may have been there, but he I was can, there. I he can, was there. I, yeah, when mm-hmm. Pep arrived, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. But so Pep made, he got rid of them, right? Yeah. He was like, no, we, we need to. Get, although Ronaldinho is amazing, Deco is amazing. Yep. All of these other great players are amazing, but they're bringing the wrong influences for the future, and otherwise Messi, for example, who's obviously in love with Ronaldinho as we all were yeah. at that particular mm. age, he's going to be badly influenced. Mm. Now what I see is that it's great that Messi, Messi isn't a partier like Ronaldinho was great. That, that, that's not it. But Messi, Messi had an influence over Barcelona that was very negative and, and I think, I mean, there was a time when he, was a co- he, he, cho- he chose who the coach would be, right, mm. basically. Mm. And who, who the he club had, he had, play, he had power. He had power he had for power. days because he's, he's arguably the greatest player of all time. I say yep. arguably, right? Mm. So I think, I, I think um, Xavi is entering... So remember when Pep came and did all of those changes, yeah. Xavi was there. Yep. Right. So, so Xavi saw those mm. and he understands it. Mm. So I think Xavi is doing a very similar thing that he's trying to rein this team in, high discipline, um, and then, um, funnily enough, Xavi has actually got more experience than um, Pep, Pep did back at the time because Pep, Pep went from Barcelona B yeah. to the first team, and even more than um, Zinedine Zidane because Zinedine Zidane. Although he was mentoring around Europe, mm. he went from um, it's not called the Real Madrid B, but, but it, that, yeah. mm, the, the, B the B team. So he went from the B team, and that's why he was also coaching Odegaard, mm. and then he went to the main team. So, so actually, Xavi, because he went to another country where he doesn't have that same comfort, mm. actually, actually, probably comes with a lot more experience, mm. and 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 I think he actually could be the real deal. Mm. Um, time will tell. Uh, Chavi's got a bit of an ego, which is good. Which is good, yeah. Uh, so we'll see. That's that, that. That's just my view on it. Fantastic. That's that's Chavi and Barcelona, boy. Your thoughts on these managerial changes? Um, okay, I think we've touched. We've we've covered Barca. Jumping mm-hmm. to the to the Premier League, I think. Yeah, some very interesting changes. Um, some which were on the cards, some not. Stevie G to Villa is the one I want to touch on. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was unexpected. <laughs> yeah, no, very, very, very unexpected. Um, one, it just adds to the debate. You know, we had we had Frank, you had Arteta with OGS, and now Stevie G has joined the chat, mm-hmm. which is interesting. We still have Arteta. <laughs> but for me, I don't know why he would leave Rangers in the middle of a season. Mm. Um, yes, cool, you're going to Premier League, but the, yeah, the timing for me just just didn't make sense. Mm. Um, Eddie Howe to Newcastle. 
understandable okay. fair. Why, 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 why would you say understandable I think just fair? The, the, the new project they're going to um, like bring a new manager, bring someone young, someone fresh, buy in. So just starting that whole new project mm. makes sense. He was unemployed at the time. That's cool. Mm. Dean Smith, I also don't <laughs> think he should have been sacked. Yes, I know Villa is not where they were last season. But yeah, I can ask you quickly. Um, so, I mean, Villa really did really well last season mm. and then they fell off this season. Heavy. Like, kind of Liverpool did that with Klopp. Yeah. They did really, really well and they almost falling off with all the injuries. I mean, shouldn't they have given Dean Smith a little bit more time to try and turn around? Exactly, I think so. It's like with Leeds. We spoke about Leeds in mm. last week or the week before. It's the same situation when you go from an exceptional season to, you know, struggling. So, I do think you should have been given more time. The question is, does does didn't Aston Villa buy Danny Ings? Yeah. yeah. They did. And so, wouldn't yeah. you expect something prolific? Not really. Um, look, I think Ings was at Southampton. He was go- getting the goals, but he he wanted to leave Southampton because he thought that he could make it in a team that's playing Champions League. He had Champions League aspirations. Yeah. None of them came for him, unfortunately. And now he ended up at Villa, um, where things weren't working really well. Um, he's not scoring as many goals as he was at Southampton. Mm. But also, I just think that with... Um, Villa as well. They lost Jack Grealish, who's a, who's a pretty good player. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we love we love it. Yeah, he's, he's pretty, a, he's he's a, pretty a, decent. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty good. He's a pretty good player. Pretty good. I'm not. I don't want to say great, but he's a, he's a pretty good player. You know, um, and the attack was literally focused a whole lot around Jack Grealish. Yep. So now with that change that's happening um, and new players coming in, it's it's they gave him eleven what eleven games. Mm. It's it's not enough, man. I think I think Dean Smith should have stayed in the job. Um, he kept them in when they came up. He made sure that they don't get relegated. And wasn't expected. Exactly, mm. right? He kept them in, wasn't expected. But and now it's their third season in a row in the Prem. Um, mm. I really think that they should have kept the man and given him a, another chance. Another chance. But then, unfortunately, he's gone. And now they have Gerard, as Mbui said. I want to know why he finds that appointment interesting. I think what is he gonna bring? I, I think it's just the unexpected factor because, like Guli said, it, we didn't really see it coming. Like there were no rumors; it just, it just happened, so yeah. to speak. Um, but look, Jared has done well yeah. in a lesser league. Fair enough, but he's done exceptionally well. I think Rangers' season, the past two two seasons, have been great. Mm-hmm. So from that point of view, he's shown that okay. He's, and he took did he did he not take them from the from the B division ex- whilst the team was no 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 they, they were they were still they were in the Scottish Prem, but they just ended Celtic's run and they were just. Mm went on a ridiculous run themselves. Mm. So I think as a as a manager he's got it and he is a good manager. From what from what he's shown in a lesser league. In a lesser league. And he was one of the greatest captains. Exactly. <laughs> I like I like how you you have to say greatest captains. <laughs> no, because there's some things Not that he player, just didn't win. Um, so I just have to he didn't win the Premier League. He didn't leadership win the Premier mentioned. League, so I have to speak about his leadership power roles. What what makes you say he was one of the greatest captains? No, like <laughs> good question. But you speak about <laughs> you speak about the culture that was able to be preserved in Liverpool, especially during that really, really tough stretch that they went through prior to the season of of of, of Crystal Palace and that slip and he did make that mistake. It was a heavy mistake, 100%. But he instilled and he brought... He was, he was Liverpool when you speak about Steven Gerrard. You know what I mean? You, It's like Lampard for Chelsea. And then it's Gerrard for Liverpool. Lampard Gerard was a winner. <laughs> but Gerrard has never won the Premier League. But that's not the discussion here, gentlemen. <laughs> we are speaking about the guy, the manager. Yeah. Um, my objective thought is that he is a very good leader. So I'm hoping that he'll be able to do what you guys are saying that he will be doing. So in terms of the managerial shakeup, do you have something to say, my dog? You look like you have something to say. No, no, no. You don't. He just wanted, he just, he just wanted to do uh, Stevie G slander. Because no, no, he's no, ready. No, I, I, was just, I just wanted to see where you were coming from with the, one of the greatest captains thing. Yeah. yeah. He's, a, he's a Chelsea fan. Because he he, you know, Chelsea fans are all about the, the Lampard versus Jared. Versus, versus oh, my goodness. Let's not go there. Let's not reminisce. We've heard the thoughts on the on, on, on the managerial changes. A very extensive breakdown on the Barcelona to Xavi. Um, wonderful insight from Unguli, uh, breaking down all those things. Gentlemen, we will see as time goes, 
what Chavi is able to do. We hope that he's the real deal for my, for myself because he's one of my favorite can players. I, can, can we quickly, quickly touch on the thing of him bringing Dani Alves? What, I, I don't <laughs> so, 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 so Barcelona announced that they've signed Dani Alves about, on a free transfer because Dani Alves went back to Brazil. Mm, yeah. Now, yeah. I, I, I genuinely thought that he was coming in as an assistant coach or some coaching <laughs> thing. When I, I, heard, when, I heard them talk, when I heard them talk, player that's what I thought. I think that's a vision. It's a player-coach kind mm. of role. That's, that's what I think. Because he's one of the guys who knows the culture as much as they oh, I mean, will, they played together for many years. Yeah. And they shepherded that right side. Mm-hmm. They 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 were in they were in sync, sink, sink. So it's 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 gonna be interesting to see as time goes. Maybe he's going to be maybe he saw someone and is grooming somebody with bringing Alves in. I never think that it's a bad move to bring in experience, yeah. even if you're not gonna use it, because I'm yes. sure he knows that he's old. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like he knows. So um, it will be very nice to see what he can bring to the team in terms of mentality, because it is a young team. Mm-hmm. It is a young defense as well. So we're going to see what brings that to the La Liga. Hopefully there'll be a challenge for Real Madrid there with Xavi being in place. And because Barcelona are in the mid pack, which is not what you would think of the Catalan Giants. So, that is the managerial changes, ladies and gentlemen. Let's hear your thoughts. What do you think? Who should have been hired where? And who fits the category of that particular team more than the other? We'd love to engage with you. You've heard our gang of panelists. And that's it about the football, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for being with us. Pizza to Man United. Oh no! I love it. Pizza pizza to United, actually. I love it. Oh no! (laughs) Hey man, we love the patriotism. Let's show that to Bafana as well. So, Bafeto, that was the football. And we're going to continue the story because we've been covering the Cricket World Cup quite extensively for the past three weeks. And it is on its way to its conclusion today, which is the Sunday, as Fanele has told all of you. We were tipping throughout this whole time that Pakistan have no challenges because they were just ripping apart every single team that they bump into. We were talking about the same thing with England, saying that, hey man, England is just running riots and South Africa will even be lucky to defeat them. But here we are, having England playing against New Zealand and New Zealand winning there. Then we had New, then we had Pakistan playing Australia, the very shaky Australia, who are wishy-washy, as Fanele said some weeks ago. And they defeated the rather seemingly unbeatable Pakistan Mm -hmm. to set up the final for Australia versus New Zealand. Very happy for those guys in the Australasia area. Gentlemen, let us hear your thoughts. We've been following this all this time and here we are, it's the final. What do we think? The process until we're here. Yeah, I think it's been an interesting tournament and it, it just goes to show that anything can happen when it comes to knockouts. Yeah. Um, knockout is on form, goes out the window and it's, it's what happens on the day. So in as much as we're surprised to see the two finals that we have, given what we've been saying throughout the tournament, but it happens. I mean, New Zealand mm. is the perfect underdog team in cricket. Even in the 50 overs, yeah. they made the final. They're the team that no one gives a chance, but yeah. they keep doing it. And they are the ICC Test Championship it's champions. Test, exactly, even mm. in Test matches. So. I think we, we've not given them as, as much credit as they deserve. Mm. So I'm happy for them that, that they're in this position. And yeah, Australia just slowly chipped away and here they are now. So mm. I think it'll be a, an interesting game. Um, I hope New Zealand takes it because just. <laughs> just because. Yeah, just, yeah, just not a big fan of Aussie cricket, but yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. I was going to say, the, those guys took us out in 2015. Mm. It's still, still a scar, I remember. When they walk out, just <laughs> crying. You, Mzeli? Look, um, it's, I won't say it was, it's a surprise final. Yeah. Um, both these teams are very good cricketing nations. Australia, when it comes to tournament cricket, you can never count them out. They've mm. won multiple tournaments. Um, New Zealand as well. You can't really count them out because they have they are proven winners. Mm. So I'm not gonna say it's a surprise final, but it was. I didn't expect it. Um, like you're saying, we, Pakistan was just going through teams. They were right, and we expected Pakistan to get to the final. Mm. You know, um, with. Uh, 
Shaheen Afridi's brother now leading the, the attack. Shaheen mm-hmm. Afridi. Um, you know, I would have expected them to get to the final, but Baba also, Azam, Fakazama, you know, all these but guys. It's, he's still young. He he has his chance. He'll make other finals hopefully. Mm. Um, but yeah, I didn't expect Pakistan to go out, um, especially to that Australia team. And Australia came back, <laughs> Matthew. You must go Matthew watch Wade. that Matthew Wade, that Matthew Wade and, and Marcus Stoinis inning partnership. It really mm-hmm. brought the game but back. Like they say in school, catches win matches. Exactly. <laughs> Drop catch and Ooh, then from there, three sixes in a row. Then it was over. Yeah. Catches win matches. But that's that's cricket in general, man. Mm. Like those things they teach you there when you're still playing Baker's mini cricket. They, they go with you until you get to mm. that World Cup final. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited for the game. Uh, definitely going to watch it. Um, and. Like Mbui is saying, ah, I don't want to see Australia win. <laughs> uh, I'd rather have a New Zealand win. You know, I actually, I actually feel bad for New Zealand cricket because I thoroughly believe that they deserved that 2019 World Cup. Yeah. They, they had it in the bag and uh, then just thing happened against yeah, England. Yeah, yeah. It was one of the best matches you'll see. Stokes. It was so awesome. Guy, yeah. It was so awesome. So it would be nice. It would be nice to get them having a trophy finally because they have put in so much investment in their cricket. So, who's going to take it? We don't know anymore since our predictions have fallen out of the window. Thank you, no bets, waste for that. It would have been shaky. Uh, and just a fun fact, something happened there. I am sure those coaches and those players went to their gods because Australia and New Zealand, what happened was that New Zealand New Zealand won by scoring one extra run against Pakistan and they won by five wickets with six balls left. Australia did the exact same thing against England where they won by scoring one extra run with five wickets remaining with six balls left. I'm sure there was something there with their gods just washing them in the Oceania phase. So let's see who will win the battle between those two rival countries. Stay tuned. So, (laughs) you'll have to edit this. Things you you need context if you're going to introduce it. Oh, no, definitely. The context. Yeah. Goodness. I think, yeah, we, 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 we can't just drop this one. Context we, is needed. Um, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, that has been the cricket. So just to catch up for you so far, we have discussed the Formula One. The gentlemen have put in what they think. We've gone to the rugby. Phenomenal performance by the Springboks. We're speaking about the football. South Africa might make it through. They might not. Uh, managerial changes and now cricket. So the crux of the sport has been spoken about. And what we have introduced here at the Final Four podcast is our social issue, which integrates a social issue and sporting issues. And we laugh because there was quite a war within the Twitter space (laughs) over the past week. Um, And a rather controversial one. Is that controversial though? It's controversial in the sphere of how social media is set up nowadays yeah. how little one thing said and just blurred lines and people start losing the rationale to put rational arguments together yeah we have a very interesting one where it is man against women's sports and men's sports so the question was by Gulego. He said, <laughs> Should the goalposts for women's football be smaller? <laughs> not a, should, not, and it's not a question. It's a statement. It's a statement. They should, they should be made smaller, right? They should be and made. It's, it, it's currently very unfair. Right? Mm. And, and, and my thing is this, right? So we're laughing because. Hey dog, they threw, they threw big words at me on Twitter. <laughs> they called me a misogynist and 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 and, and, mm. and gents on the final four WhatsApp group were just laughing at me. <laughs> and I was like, help me, nigga. It was a hard one, please. Bro. Hey. <laughs> so so uh, so look, the purely logical, right? Um, and 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 purely about equity and fairness, right? So uh, the context of this is what is that the Arsenal women, um, in my 
to be very honest, in my objective opinion, is one of the best women's teams in... Hot, in, hot, 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 hot. Yeah, in, in, in women's football, right? I won't question you like Gerard there. Okay. <laughs> Away. So, so, yes. But one thing that always bothers me, right? Not And it's not just Arsenal women, because I, I see their goals and all that, unfortunately, because these broadcast, broad, broadcasters don't care about women, mm. women's game, they don't actually show them, but I see the highlights here and there. Meet them Meet them Doug. I hope she, can, she wins uh, the uh, Play of the Year, mm. right? Um, don't be a hater for him. Um, <laughs> we're gonna get a play of the year before Chelsea gets one. <laughs> so Ooh. then, so then, Pernil Harder won UEFA Women's Player of the Year. Oh. I don't know who that is. <laughs> okay, but, um, <laughs> got you. Like, he got me, he got me there. But anyway, my point is this, my point is this, sorry, mm-hmm. not to digress, right? Um, if you look at a lot of the goals that they score, right? Um, and in particular, in that particular goal that I, that I pointed out, I promise you if it was Thibaut Couture, he was going to save it, right? I was going to save it. Just based on the on the thing of hype, not not even a, a quality thing, right? Would an Ika Casillas save it? I think so, right? Look, Doc, my thing is this, right? Also, when, when we speak about women's football, if you notice, we're always speaking about, and, and, and yes, we slightly lose with men, but it's never goalkeepers, right? Mm. Because the goalkeepers are working at a persistent disadvantage mm. in that the goal posts are too small so the average the average um female mm-hmm. um goalkeeper or average female player let's say in england particularly because there's lots of stats to back this up right mm-hmm. it's five is the average female player is five four average male player is five nine right? oh so that makes a big difference so Huge. they can't be playing in the same goal posts right because mm. uh, it's it's because it, the top corner it's unf- it's it's it's, it's designed for a five nine exactly because they're using the men's ones right mm. on top of that women have are more likely to have knee injuries and um uh, it's knee and another injury i can't remember sorry um based on the fact that their ball they're also working on the male the men's ball, the men's ball right mm. which is a size five at a particular weight whatever whatever but women are more likely to have to have that right mm. now in terms of football dog at every single age group and every single um uh, development yeah. stage mm. we look at the size of the players and then we say um the, the field should be this, the, big. The should be this okay. big even even at certain age groups if a girl is very tall you play with the boys mm. dog at, like if, if, a, if an under 11 girl is very good and very tall mm. you play with her under under nine boys right yeah right so that she also for her development right as, mm. a, as a player as a player right so my thing is this and 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 Fanele, i think articulates it better in the but i think the women's uh, goalposts definitely need to be made slightly smaller because I think it also adds to the competitiveness. We can leave the, the balls for now, right? Mm-hmm. But I think at some point we may need to look at that as well. But fine, just leave the balls. But they need to be made because it'll, it'll add to the excitement. And already I think the women's game is actually gaining a lot of traction, traction and excitement and interest. So, so, um, <laughs> so I think, um, yeah, I don't know, Fanelli. Dude, uh, I agree a hundred percent, man. Um, Look, you, you're a misogynist for agreeing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, I know I know the person who was calling you out probably doesn't listen to this. Um, no, she doesn't. <laughs> but just, does. just in general, look, <laughs> uh, you look at other sports, right, where um, it's males and females, where they have their, both their same divisions. If you look at the NBA and WNBA, um, the NBA hoop is higher than the WNBA hoop, right? Um, the NBA ball is one inch in circumference. It's one inch bigger than the WNBA ball, mm-hmm. right? These things aren't done just because um, they feel that, ah, no. It's not because we hate women. Yeah, man. It's, yeah. it's done because, you know, the, this is how women's bodies are. And this is what they, to make it more similar in, in terms of like. If ratio. It, 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 mm. Ratio, ratio. Yes, the English was running away. <laughs> so good. <laughs> just the ratio of it, you know. Um, they believe that instead of making them play with an NBA ball, mm. they're going to be able to do what they need to do with this ball because of their bodies, etc. Yep. You see in tennis where in Grand Slams, um, women play best sets out of three mm. and men play best out of five. Mm. Why? It's not because they believe that men are superior or whatever, but it's just to add to the entertainment factor where if a game were to go to five sets and it's a women's game, by the time it's set three, the entertainment factor is gone because they're tired or whatever. You know, they still play on the same size court. Mm. It's fine. But you know those things. If you look at athletics, where Shelly Ann Fraser-Price 
and then they run a 10 set, 10 point something um in in their 100 meters and you're saying wow that's quick mm. but bolt was running 9.58 and we say we're still saying wow that's quick mm. right we're not saying shelly ann is slow her her time is worse because obviously we know there's a difference mm. so there really should be a change in f- football um, and they should look at other sports like cricket who play on a smaller ground, mm-hmm. um, unlike the men's A lighter ball. A lighter, exactly. They should look at these things um, because it's obviously going to add entertainment factor onto it. Um, and it's just going to make the, the it's going to make it more competitive as well. Give keepers also now a fair chance to actually get to the top corner mm. if they need to. Because now if a player is just putting the ball in the top corner all the time, like it's it really, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. But hey man, look. Uh, that's for FIFA, but <laughs> th- those are our stances, you know. Um, yeah, for once, at least we're not talking about like gender pay gap between male and female <laughs> sports. We're actually talking about like should the ground be smaller, etc. And I really, honestly, do believe that it's in their best interest to make it smaller. Bogot precate fighting this issue, but I will choose not your words wisely. Allow that. <laughs> <laughs> no comment, boy. No, I'm covered. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, 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 I must say it would, it would be so nice to hear women's perspective on this topic um, and, not just, and not just a woman's perspective. Um, let me just regain my thoughts here. Look, I think, <laughs> whilst you think, I think there's merit to both sides of the conversation. So Thank you. I, I hear both sides of the conversation and there's definitely merit in, in what women are saying as well because like the equality and the equity but at the end of the day i think when being subjective we need to look at it subjectively and what, what what's best for the game so i i think in as much as look if they're fine with it and they and they they play and they're comfortable then cool let them play that mm. way but now i guess if you look at the other point like we were talking about entertainment value we're going the capitalist route and the entertainment then that's a different stance you know mm. so I, I don't think it's, it's as simple as saying should their goals be smaller, yes or no. Mm. I think there's more to the conversation than that. No, 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 fantastic. And and having caught my thoughts back, it would be nice to hear more input from, from, from the women audience that we have. What your thoughts are regarding the conversations that we are having here. And especially if you one who has played sports at a level, even at a, even at a high level, we want to hear what you think about these things. Would it raise the competitiveness? Because speaking from putting my two, two, two points in this, athletics, if we watch athletics, athletics are the purest form of sports because it's who runs the fastest, who jumps the highest, and who throws the furthest. Every single sport uses those three concepts to work. So if you are going to be watching, for instance, a high jump competition, and you know, if you know the world record, the world record for the men's high jump is 2.46 meters. You look at your door, you put a ruler, and then you put a half a ruler on top of that. Someone has, ju- has ran and jumped over that. If you jump and you go to the women's high jump world record, it's 2.06 meters. It is an entire 40 centimeters shorter. The best high female high jumper ever has jumped 40 centimeters shorter than the highest male high jumper. Ngoli? Can I just say, and, and this is also, uh, I mean, just so that we're clear, it's not to say that women are inferior. Right? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Uh, and, and, I think, and I think that's where the conversation gets lost. It's, it, it, it's yeah. not. And I'm still, at, and it's not that at all, because I sit down and I watch Maria Latitskeni, who's currently the best high jumper in the world, do her thing trying to beat 2.06 mm-hmm. much like i watch al bashim who's trying to beat the 2.46 if we we all wait in anticipation for the 100 meter sprint race regardless of who is running because we want to see is shelly and fraser pice going to be faster than thompson hera mm-hmm. are we going to see the americans beat the jamaicans are we going to see the african teams come through and shine we don't care that men run sub 10 Sub 10 is the standard time for the man to get there. Women, you run sub 11, but the entertainment factor is just as high. We all speak about Casta Semenya, who never even broke the world record. 
yeah. There's David Rudisha who did, and he is over 10 seconds, 10 seconds quicker over 800 meters. Those are real numbers and those are real things. When you look at the long jump, 8.95 and you look at eight low eight point somethings for the women's high jump those are differences we cannot ignore and we must also appreciate the fact that when sports was created it was a male dominated thing all the courts all the permutations all the perimeters were designed for what the male body can do and athletics have proven that the male body genetically can do more than what the women do in terms of physical exertion so given that in place because just to put it into perspective in basketball in order to shoot a shot you have to jump and throw mm -hmm. a man can jump to 2.46 and throw at <laughs> throw almost a 100 meter javelin throw a 25 meter shot put a woman can't do that and they have to make the shot put lighter the javelin lighter to make the numbers be the same so I hear the arguments that the gents are bringing across, saying that if I jump 40 centimeters higher than you, yes, my hoop should be higher and yours should be lower so that we see more dunks in the women's game because there are women who have skill to do layups. There are women who have skills to posterize other women, but the game does not allow them to do that. There are women who have skill to carry the ball in different ways and shoot it in different ways and keepers who have the agility to jump and reach the ball in different ways. But because the game is designed for the man who can jump 40 meters higher and jump 90 meters further. Centimeters. Centimeters further. Thank you. Thank you. 40 meters higher. <laughs> 40 centimeters higher and 80 centimeters further. I think we must just look at that and see if it's not going to be more fun if it was slightly adjusted to make it as so so we'd really love to hear your thoughts regarding this situation you know what they say or to put um all men behind a microphone it's already gonna be a problem exactly <laughs> which is all the more all the more reason why we really want to hear your thoughts regarding this one um we laugh a lot because we feel like it's quite controversial, but that's what we are here for. It's sports entertainment insights and commentary. We're being authentic and genuine. Thank you. We are being authentic and genuine in our sports output. So we want to hear yours now more than ever. I think let's get the conversation going. You know, I think this, this is good. And I think it'll encourages and promotes substantial debate, you know? Mm. So, I mean, I guess now today, you got, we've put out our views, we've given numbers or stats mm -hmm. or point of view. And if there's an equally good or your perspective, let, let's hear that. Let's hear, let's hear that. Why do you say we're talking nonsense or why do you agree with what we're mm. saying? You know, Be Let's make it a, a substantial content-filled conversation. Thank you. Object because yeah. It is unfair that it's just for men. Yes. <laughs> so we really we do have a lady that. in the vicinity, but she... Woo! She she declined. She, she declined. So this is, what, this is what we're saying. If for the woman to voice your opinions and and come and be heard. So, ladies and gentlemen, when we say that we are integrating social and sports issues, this is what we are talking about. But also, when we say that we are talking about sports entertainment commentary and insights, it's what has happened prior to us starting the social issue. We have talked about an array of sports, broken down as much as we could, and. Fun times were had, gentlemen. Yeah. Fun times were had. Now, the only thing that's left is for you to lend us your ear and importantly for us to lay us your thoughts and your predictions and your feelings regarding what we have been speaking about. But gentlemen, that has been our episode. Season 3, episode 3, with three of us who have automatically 10 to 5, but we are going to use it. And we do hope that we manifested a good show for you as we had promised in the start. Gentlemen, 